Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, October 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians are not in the playoffs, but the Twins are, and the reason that the Twins are still in contention right now is uh, Carlos Correa. Uh, he helped the Twins to win last night uh, against the Astros in his old uh, home park, uh, went three for four, and uh, you know, moved up the career postseason RBI list. Uh, this is uh, Carlos Correa h- hitting the ball in uh, Houston in October is sort of what we've become used to seeing. Uh, and he's the reason why that series is uh, split at uh, one game apiece in the American League Division Series. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And, uh, you know, he had a big hit with the bases loaded last night. And I thought they got some really good starting pitching, too. Uh, you know, from Lopez and uh, just, uh, you know, really, um, you know, that was an impressive win because, you know, you listen to everybody and the twin, you know, the AL, everybody's so down on the AL Central. They said they didn't deserve, you know, the seed they got, you know, because you know, there's a bunch of other teams, um, you know, Tampa Bay that won more games than them during the regular season. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're showing well here, you know, that was, uh, that was an impressive win last night. And, uh, I still think Houston's probably the better team, but, uh, you know, the twins, twins are hanging in there. Yeah. It's, uh, those are questions for the, uh, the competition committee to, to maybe address in the off season or, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe do you, do you reseed the, uh, the playoffs once you, once you have all the qualifiers in and all that, but, uh, you know, and again, uh, we can even get into later on talking about how uh, having five days off uh, for the top two seeds in each uh, in each uh, league uh, really just sort of hurts them uh, when we talk about Baltimore and, and uh, you know, the, the Braves. But uh, just looking at what uh, what the Twins are able to do now, they're, they're, they're heading home with two games at Target Field. Uh, and a, a chance to, to possibly, you know, knock Houston out. Uh, like you said, Houston really does, you know, look like they're the more experienced team, obviously. Uh, you're talking about a, a franchise that's been in the ALCS for the last, what, six consecutive years. Uh, I think uh, this is shaping up now to be a, a nice series coming down the down to the final three games. Yeah, and you could probably say, you know, that uh... – 
that the Twins have the advantage, at least in starting, you know, regarding starting pitching. Uh, you know, the Houston's uh, rotations kind of banged up. Framber Valdez did not pitch well last night. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, more po- more power to the Twins. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, they they what? They won their first uh, first playoff game in, what, 18 years? Uh-huh. And uh, so maybe this is their year. You know, maybe this is they've got the magic bullet next to them to this year. Well, and uh, you look at Houston, maybe uh, the only thing that Houston might have to its advantage, their their bullpen is a lot better than than Minnesota's bullpen. Uh, and, and, and they've still got the, uh, uh, the kind of a lineup that can, can go toe to toe with, uh, you know, the boppers that, uh, that the twins can put out there. So, uh, should be fun to watch as that, uh, series continues. Uh, speaking of getting hammered, Clayton Kershaw, uh, makes his, uh, uh, postseason debut this year and, and goes out there and, uh, it, it did not go well for the Dodgers, uh, in their first game against Arizona. Uh, certainly, uh, not what, uh, Los Angeles had in mind when they, they put a future Hall of Famer out on the mound. Uh, he's just a completely different pitcher in the postseason is Kershaw. Jeez, oh man, Joe. He goes one and uh, one third of an inning, six runs, six hits, gives up four home runs. And the Dodgers get blown out 11 to two by Arizona. Uh, just, uh, you know, if this isn't Kershaw's last year, it should be. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it's you've you've seen him just be so good in the past that it's it's there's a a disconnect as to why you know he goes out there in the postseason and uh, the ball just leaves the yard. Now that's not to take anything away from Arizona. Uh, you know this was a team that you know we saw earlier in the year and that they were sort of they got off to this really hot start and then they sort of let up a little bit and uh, they were down and they they turned it on at the end of the season. Uh, but this is a, a fun young ball club uh, led by Corbin Carroll and Tori Lavolo has uh, has these guys playing real well. Yeah, you know they swept uh, the the Brewers in in the wild card. Uh, you know a lot of people thought the Brewers had the advantage, uh, and uh, the Arizona just you know got down early in both games, but came back both times. What in five to two, seven to one? Uh, no, just well you know both they came back in both games and for wins and uh just uh they're on a roll you know they finish they're they're a weird team joe uh saw them in uh saw them in june when cleveland was out there and they looked unbeatable then they went in a tank for about a month and but they finished strong and they've got that momentum going they've got a, a good manager in Tori lavulo yeah everybody was heaping dirt on them at one point you know in uh in in july and it was like you know this is still the team that that got out of the gates real fast and it was tough to beat. So it uh, should be fun to watch as, as they continue that series, uh, you know, one up on the, uh, the Dodgers tonight. Uh, the other, the other series, uh, you know, we talk about this idea of uh, the best teams having to sit around and wait for five days during the, uh, the wild card series, uh, waiting for those to wrap up uh, the, the Orioles, Baltimore now down own two uh, in their series against the Rangers, the best team that money can buy uh is is out there uh just you know <laughs> taking uh, snatching souls from baltimore uh they are uh in a in, in a in a bad spot with uh you know what they're looking at having to go home uh, go to uh arlington and win two games there yeah definitely uh texas you know wins the, the game one was critical i thought joe they win the first game 
three to two, you know, in a really good ball game, and uh, just a kind of a slugfest in game second, game two, uh, eleven to eight. You know, Baltimore comes back late, but uh, boy, if we, when Texas offense gets going, Joe, that is a hard team to to face. And, uh, you know, we saw them late in the season in Cleveland and uh, Cleveland swept them. They looked, you know, they looked dead, dead in the water, but uh, they've come back, they've rallied, and they're hot at the right time. Yeah, Marcus Simeon and uh, Corey Seager, I think as, as those guys go, if you're, uh, if they're able to get, uh, get on track and, and, and sort of uh, hit for power the way that they, they do, uh, it, it makes their lineup really tough to beat. Uh, Josh Young, getting him back was critical, uh, and and they're real tough. And it, now down 0-2, this is where Baltimore's youth and sort of inexperience uh, could really hurt them going to Texas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, even, you know, you, you look at that Texas lineup, you know, you got all the big names, uh, Simeon and Seager, uh, you know, Garcia, and all of a sudden a guy like Mitch Garver drives in five runs, you know, in game two. And, you know, he's had a pretty good year, you know, kind of not, not playing every day, but, you know, really a dangerous hitter. And um, so, you know, they've got everything working. And, you know, I guess if you get into Texas bullpen, you know, you've got a chance, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, they, they've really got to, I mean, Baltimore, it's win or go home now. Yeah, it's uh, kind of, uh, you're up against it and you don't have that that experience to rely on in, in terms of the, uh, uh, the postseason, uh, it, it might just be a case of, you know, looking forward to the, such a bright future for that Baltimore organization based on what they've got, uh, you know, coming down the pipe. Uh, so uh, again, we'll watch how that goes. And, and, uh, the same goes for, uh, that, that, uh, you know, Phillies, uh, brave series where the Phillies sort of snuck up and, and, and took game one, in Atlanta, they beat uh, Spencer Strider, Bryce Harper with a big home run, uh, and and now that series is is uh, you, you know there's another example of these these top teams having to wait around to 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 start, and you've got a, a team that's hot like the Phillies. I don't think uh, coming into the postseason nobody wanted to match up against that team. Yeah, and you know, like you said, Joe, you know baseball is a game of momentum, a game of rhythm. You know, you take five week five days off. You know, at the end of the season, you know, the, <laughs> as good as you are, no matter, you know, how good you've played during the regular season, it might be, you know, you're probably thinking, hey, it's time to go golfing. You know, I was, <laughs> how do you stay sharp? We saw that, what, uh, in 2007 when uh, the Rockies had to sit for like seven, eight days, uh, you know, after uh, winning the NL uh, pennant. And, you know, they, they came into Boston and got swept in the World Series. It was no contest. So, you know, there's a... Uh, there's a, you know, there's, this has happened before. So uh, this is no surprise. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Braves with, you know, the Braves with all that talent, good, good God, that would be terrible if they get, if they get knocked out in, the, you know, their first, uh, their first, their first uh, ser- playoff series. Think of that. Think of the numbers they put up, Joe. You know, yeah. so there's got to, there's got to be some uh, pressure, a little bit of pressure, maybe for the first time this season on Atlanta. Yeah, it's uh, just a team that sort of ran through everybody this year, and and uh, you really want to see them uh, advance just to to see the best teams play. But but this series, you know, they play Philly. It's their their most familiar opponent, I guess, is 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 who they're they're having to beat here uh, in this situation. 
it would be a, like a, a a Twins Guardians matchup in the in the division series. You know, you know everything about these guys because you see them so often, and there's there's such familiarity there. Uh, it, it might not give either side an advantage, but it certainly leads to uh, a, uh, a leveling of the playing field, I think, uh, based on on what you did in the in the, the regular season. Yeah, no uh, doubt about it. All right, uh, let's uh, remind our listeners that uh, subtext is the best way uh, to to get our thoughts on the playoff teams, our thoughts on the managerial search, and our thoughts on everything that's going on uh, during the off season here. Uh, Cleveland.com slash subtext to sign up. It's three ninety nine a month. Uh, to get text messages sent directly to your phone uh, from myself and from Hoinsey uh, regarding everything going on with the Guardians and Major League Baseball in this offseason. Uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346, and uh, you can get signed up that way, or go to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, Hoinsey, over the weekend, or uh, at the end of last week, the uh, – uh, Major League uh, MLB Trade Rumors, a uh, site that we uh, follow and 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 uh, you know watch uh, closely during the season. Uh, they released their projected uh, arbitration numbers and salary figures for uh, the ten Guardians players who are arbitration eligible for the uh, this upcoming season. Uh, were there any surprises in uh, in any of those numbers, or was it pretty much what you were expecting to see? Uh, based on performance this year and, uh, you know, projection for the future. Yeah, no surprises, Joe. Uh, you know, Bieber t- at 12.2. Um, you know, uh, I'll just read them down, go down the list here alphabetically. Uh, Bieber, 12.2 million. Cam Gallagher, 1.3 million. Ramon Lariano, 4.7. Quantrill, 6.6. Josh Naylor, 7.2. Karinchek, 1.9. McKenzie 1.8, De Los Santos 1.2, Henkes 1.1, and Sandlin 1.1. You know, I, I am a little surprised, Joe. You know, I guess you know the track record plays such a big part in setting the arbitration price. But you know, Bieber and uh, Bieber and McKenzie, you know, <laughs> didn't pitch a whole lot. You know, I mean, right. Bieber pitched what made 16 starts, maybe. Uh, McKenzie goes four starts. Uh, but, you know, they're still going to get paid. I, I mean, McKenzie is reasonable. Bieber, you know, I guess, you know, for his for what he made last year and you can't cut the guy, you know, I mean, you can't cut his salary more than 20 percent. And I don't think you'd want to do that. So, no. uh, uh, you know, that that it all makes sense. It all kind of fits into the uh, the MLB pay scale. Well, and and remember those numbers that you just uh, that you just recited are projections uh, by an outside you know source. These based on track record and based on you know what other players similar have have received in the past. Uh, that that those aren't definitely the numbers that these guys are going to get. Uh, he could get uh, Bieber could get more. He could get less, uh, slightly more, slightly less. Uh, but you know it gives you a good idea of how much uh, you're you're working with when you're thinking about. You know, things like trades when you're thinking about, uh, you know, what what the rest of your roster, uh, you know, salary is going to look like. Uh, and, and it also gives you an idea of you know, which guys uh, they might be considering for non-tendering uh, because they're they're not going to be uh, in the, the the organization's evaluation, you know, worth that kind of money, even at, uh, you know, whatever that that level is. You look at a Cam Gallagher at, 
at 1.3 million for uh you know for a, a 330 OPS for the season uh, I, I don't think that's going to cut it uh Cam Gallagher certainly a, a guy who's uh in line to be non-tendered uh a, along with uh you know guys like Ramon Laureano and and possibly even a James Karinchak yeah Joe and you can make deals with these guys beforehand before they exchange you know they before right. you the tender offers come out uh maybe sign them for a lower a lower amount um and then uh, move on from there. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, you've got 10 guys, um, eligible for arbitration. That's, a, that's a lot of work right there. Uh, it's usually, you know, I think that's what the guardians have had between seven and 10 the last few years. You know, the younger your team is, usually the more, <laughs> the more guys, you know, are bumping up against arbitration. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Those are, those are some guys you know, that are, you know, candidates for uh, being non-tendered and becoming free agents. And and on that list, you can also sort of project out and think out about uh, guys on the list who, uh, you know, could be in line for uh, a contract extension or a deal that would cover the next couple of years of their arbitration or maybe a year or two beyond that. Uh, guys like Josh Naylor, uh, Angel De Los Santos, Sam Henches, uh, are all guys who, you know, you might want to lock up. Uh, certainly uh, over the last two seasons, De Los Santos is a guy who sort of unsung and, and under the radar and uh, has has earned uh, the the ability to maybe sit down at the table and, and negotiate for a, a contract. Uh, what do you think of the chances of that happening are? You know, I, I think that there's a chance, Joe. I think uh, they'll probably – you know, I think you, you know, he's been, he, he got, he made more appearances this year than last year. You know, he's, he was used a lot. Um, I would, I don't know. What do you think, um, you know, Trevor Steffen's situation would come into play here? We're talking about a young guy. I'm not a young guy, but, you know, a guy that's a little bit older than Steffen has been used a lot. And, uh, you know, Steffen signs the multi year and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of had stubs his toe this past season. Well, do you think that would make them shy away from uh, offering De Los Santos a two, three, four-year extension? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it's maybe comparing apples to oranges there just because, uh, like you said, Stefan is a little bit younger and, and less experienced, uh, and you were banking on, uh, you know, a future with him, whereas uh, De Lo, you're looking at, you know, he was experienced before he got uh, and, and hadn't worked out at a couple of different places. He's comfortable in Cleveland. It's it's obvious that he's comfortable in Cleveland. I think, you know, being in a clubhouse with Jose Ramirez and a a, a large uh, uh, Dominican um, contingent there uh, makes him comfortable. He likes being uh, in Cleveland. Uh, I think he might be a guy who would be uh, eager to maybe sign a deal and, and stay and, and know where he is uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, if that's a possibility, and maybe you can get him at uh, a you know below what the market would say for him, uh, it's a possibility. I don't know from the organization side if they'd be. Uh, you you can't be scared just because uh, you know one well now two if you if you count Miles Straw, uh, two of those contracts that you've offered out there have resulted in uh, you know less than uh, stellar performances the following year. Uh, I, I think Dalo's a guy who, who, if you reward him, uh, you know, might settle in and and uh, continue to be a productive guy for you. He's certainly produced over the last two seasons. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, he's five and zero in 2022, 304 
ERA, 50 appearances. I think he's up, he went over 60 this year, you know, and they started using him in higher leverage situations. So, yeah, that's a guy you you may kick kick the tires on, uh, but you also, you know, you've got control with them, what, for three more years. So you could go year to year with them, too. Yeah, and that's why you don't want, you want cost certainty. You want him to not get more expensive uh, over those next three years. So, uh, you know, you could see maybe a, a, a contract working out that way. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, th- those are the, the arbitration figures. You know, we know who we've got, uh, who, the, who the Guardians have locked up in terms of contracts that are guaranteed over the next several years. Jose Ramirez. Andres Jimenez, Miles Straw, Emmanuel Classe, Trevor Steffen, those are the names of guys who are, are, are have money locked up over the next several years. Uh, where does the where does the organization now turn to sort of fill out that lineup and address the issue of uh, you know adding some pop to the uh, the batting order? Yeah, well, you know, you've got to uh, maybe uh, chase the Latour. Um, is a guy that, uh, you know, who's having a good uh, Arizona Fall League, had, a you know, a, an impressive minor league season. Maybe he comes up. Maybe Kyle Manzardo comes up. Uh, you know, you've got those two guys sitting there in, in, in the high minors. Uh, or you go out in the free agent market again, Joe. Yeah, uh, DeLauder and, and Manzardo, uh, definitely two guys uh, who are going to be, you know, they'll be in the bow nailer position from uh, this past season where, uh, it'll be a countdown to to see when they uh, when they advance and when they move up and when they, uh, they their their number is sort of called. Uh, if you look at what they're doing right now in the uh, the Arizona Fall League, it's been uh, you know it's pretty impressive actually uh, as far as the the numbers that they're putting up. DeLauder, uh right now batting 444 with uh, 11 RBIs in uh in what a couple of games here nine at bats a uh, couple of games for peoria uh manzardo batting 222 uh you know de slugging 778 i mean he's he's hit a home run uh and uh, you know seven total bases so uh you know he's been been hot over the first couple of games the first week of the arizona fall league uh but just the the ability for those two guys to get out there and play games together and sort of be, uh, you know, familiar with each other, because I think it's, it's a foregone conclusion that at some point next year, you're going to see one or both of them in a, in a guardians uniform. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of exciting to think about them as just sort of, you know, uh, we were talking before we started recording here. It's almost like that movie Step Brothers where they're, uh, they're just hanging out, getting to know each other. Do we just become best friends? And it's uh, Delauder and Manzardo out there in, in Arizona. It's fun to think about the possibilities with the future with these guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the uh, you know Manzardo was what uh, I think uh, Tampa Bay's second round pick, maybe. I, I think, uh, and uh, Delauder was a number one pick by uh, uh, Cleveland in 2018. So you know, these guys have that high profile next to them. You know, Delato's got to stay healthy. That's the that's the thing that's held him back, and uh, it seems like he's put together a pretty you know sound season. You know, this year I know he started you know on the IL. You missed a lot of spring training uh, with a foot injury, but I think he you know it looks like he's sound now. So, you know, hopefully you know they're in the pipeline and they can help this offense because this is an offense that needs a lot of help, Joe. 
Yeah, and and the numbers that Delauder put up uh, in uh, you know high A ball, he stayed there pretty much. Uh, you know, once he got healthy this year, he stayed there uh, throughout the season. He only got about 214 at bats, but he hit 355 with a 945 OPS uh, for in, in high A at uh, at Lake County. So uh, a lot to like there. Uh, again, Manzardo, like you said, a second round pick, uh, 63rd overall pick in. Uh, in 2021 by the, uh, the Rays and, uh, uh, DeLauder, uh, first round pick 16th overall, uh, by the guardians. Uh, so yeah, a lot of expectations and, uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, not necessarily pressure. It, it, you're out there in the Arizona fall league and you and I were talking before we started recording here. I, I don't think the Arizona fall league is necessarily a huge showcase for top pitching talent, uh, because by this time of the year, uh, most of those pitchers are getting, uh, you know, deloaded and, you know, your top prospects have, uh, you know, you're, you're not trying to blow anybody's elbow out uh, in, in the Arizona Fall League. But it is more of a hitter's league, I think, and uh, a showcase for for some of the best uh, position players and hitting talent out there, uh, because you might not be going against an organization's, you know, number one, uh, you know, top pitching prospects and talent. Uh, uh, these are sort of guys who, who need to get some work in at the end of the year. Maybe they're coming off of injuries, too. So. You know, don't read a lot into necessarily the numbers uh, coming out of the Arizona Fall League for DeLauder and Manzardo, uh, but the the experience and the camaraderie and the the time playing together and the familiarity that they're going to have uh, is is all just sort of invaluable, I think. Yeah, definitely. I Joe, I, I you know you keep looking at this lineup and you look at DeLauder and Manzardo, both they're both left-handed hitters. And you and you look at Cleveland's lineup now, and all these guys are left-handed hitters. Can't they? Do they have something against right-handed hitters? I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, you know, a hitter is a hitter, obviously. Right. If if you if you get them up here and they can hit, it doesn't matter what side of the plate they do they go from. But uh, uh, you know, I just it just uh, you know this this lineup is so leaning heavily toward the left left side and anyways, and now you probably your two, two of your best uh, young prospects are, are lefties as well. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's part of the plan or it's just, that's the way it worked out. And, and think about uh, Nolan Jones and Will Benson both yeah, left-handed yeah. hitters as well. So uh, <clears throat> lots of lefties. Uh, I think they, uh, they get down to uh, um, uh, Columbus and they see that, uh, uh, that high right field wall, their short porch out there in Columbus and, uh, a lot of uh, left-handed hitters want to want to take shots at it, but uh, uh, there there are right-handed hitters in the organization in the high minors. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, John Kenzie Noel are guys who yeah. have hit you know 30 home runs in the minors for them. Uh, it just doesn't necessarily seem like uh, you know these guys are either ready for or uh, adapting to the, the you know the that sort of big league moment. So. We'll see. Maybe Noel is a guy who gets a chance at some point uh, next year. You got to see what you've got with him yeah. uh, within the next couple of years. He's been on your 40 man for uh, a year and a half now. So uh, uh, got to keep an eye out on that there. A uh, huge guy, Joe. 6'4", what, 240, 250? I'm not sure where you play him, but, you know, I saw him hit a couple home runs down in Columbus this year. He's got some pop for sure. Yeah, it's uh, you know, maybe that's a, a guy who – who gets a, an invite to spring training, uh, major league camp at spring training, and, and well, he's on the forty man. He'll be there, right? You're right, yeah, he'll be there. So maybe he'll, uh, uh, you know, impress there and 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 uh, get an opportunity to 
to come up and, and make his debut at some point next year. All right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll uh, get back with you uh, tomorrow, and we'll uh, monitor the uh, the developments uh, in the managerial search and in the uh, um, the, the postseason as they as it continues. All right, Joe. 